Open your Bibles with me to Exodus chapter 3. Today what I want to talk to you about is beyond the enemy's lies. We're in this Beyond series. Beyond the enemy's lies into supernatural provision. Beyond the enemy's lies into supernatural provision. Listen to this scripture. This is what God promised. He says, so I will stretch out my hand and strike the Egyptians with all the wonders that I will perform among them. After that, he will let you go. This is talking about Pharaoh. And I will make the Egyptians favorably disposed towards this people so that when you leave, you will not go empty-handed. Every woman is to ask her neighbor and any woman living in her house for articles of silver and of gold and for clothing, which you will put on your sons and daughters, so you will plunder the Egyptians. I had an awesome phone call recently from Ricky Valdez, our team leader from South Africa. Some of you saw Ricky and Tiffany and their family back doing a, a month break over Christmas time. And he said, Robert, I've got a great story for you. We've recently felt led to put our children in private school in Stellenbosch, South Africa. We had been homeschooling. The problem was it was another fifteen dollars to $18,000 that we didn't have. Fifteen dollars to $18,000 that we don't have anywhere. And so he goes, I was hoping on our time back in the United States to raise some more funds. All of our missionaries raised support from outside the church. And so he was, he was saying, I'm, I was hoping to do that, and it just didn't happen. Like we had some good meetings, but it didn't materialize. And so I was going back a little worried and just kept feeling like God was saying, trust me, trust me, trust me. And, and he said, I was saying, God, you're leading us. This is on you. Like, if you're leading us to do this, we need you to do something. So they're flying back, that long flight. Some of you have made the flight from, from the United States to South Africa. We have two churches there. And so they're, they get to Atlanta, and they're about to get on the plane. And then the airline comes on over the PA and says, uh, ladies and gentlemen, this flight is overbooked. We need some people to give up their seats. We're offering vouchers for $1,000 a seat. And he's like, wow, one, two, three, there's six of us. Six times one, that's $6,000 we can make by not getting on this plane. So he was like, yes, please. And uh, so they go up and they volunteer. And he's like, man, we just, I think we're just gonna make $6,000. Half an hour later, the, the, the uh, boarding agent gets back on and says, uh, ladies and gentlemen, we still do not have enough people to volunteer to give up their tickets. Uh, we are now going to offer $2,000 a ticket. And Ricky goes, cha-ching, <laughs> thank you, Lord. We just made $12,000 by, by giving up our seats. And so, you know, it's, it's getting later and later, and the kids are getting sleepy. It's now like 10 o'clock or 11 o'clock at night. 30 minutes later, the boarding agent gets back on and says, ladies and gentlemen, we still don't have enough people giving up their seats. We're now going to give $3,000 per ticket for those who give up their, their seat. And he's like, Hello, private school. Provide eighteen thousand dollars, and so their mind, yeah, their minds are blown away. And so they're like, "Well, this is great." And they said, "You know, we're, we're gonna we're gonna have to go get a hotel, and it'll, you know, we'll probably lose a day or two, but we have some flexibility on the back end." So they're thinking, "Okay, we're about to go," and then that they they get on 
again, and they say, ladies and gentlemen, uh, we still don't have enough people. Uh, we are going to give $4,000 per seat. By now, their minds are, are blown away. And, and so they said, unfortunately, we don't have uh, hotels to provide for you. You're going to be on your own. You're going to have to do this. So, so Tiffany's awesome. She's like, hey, we can sleep on the floor of the airport for a night for $24,000. <laughs> and the kids were already asleep anyway. So Ricky said it was a little, t- a little uncomfortable. Tiffany's like, for $24,000? In the morning, they wake up. They go get a rental car. They get two, two nights at a, a nice hotel. The, air, uh, the, the airline ends up paying for their hotel, paying for their rental car, paying for clothes because their baggage was already flying to South Africa, paying for meals, and they got $24,000. And Ricky said they're driving back to the airport, and he feels like the Spirit says, I can even get a company to pay for your kid's school if I want to. I can provide for you any way I want. And he said not only were they going back to South Africa with school paid for, now they have a down payment for a new car. God God is amazing. And one of the things we often say around here is where God guides, he provides. Where God guides, if you've never written down that phrase, I encourage you to write that down today. Where God guides, he provides. And we do not play by the world's rules. Let me just say that again. If you are a believer, you do not play by the world's rules. God had shown the Israelites that you are a marked people. Do you remember this? There was a thing called Passover, and the the spirit of death was going to kill all of these people. It was bringing judgment, and God spoke to the people of Israel, go and sacrifice a lamb and put the blood over your doorpost, and you will be a marked people by the blood of the lamb. And when the blood of the lamb is over your doorpost, the angel of death will not come into your home. And when they woke up, not one person who had been marked by the blood of the lamb was affected by what was going on in the world. And this is still your inheritance today. Today I want to talk about beyond the enemy's lies into supernatural provision because this is your inheritance as a child of God. So lie number one is man determines my provision. Man determines my provision. But I love what God says. He says, I will make the Egyptians favorably disposed towards his people so that when you leave, you will not go empty-handed. We talked a couple of weeks ago about supernatural freedom, God liberating the children of Israel from slavery, but he didn't just liberate them, he sent them with supernatural provision. God doesn't want to just set you free, he wants to provide for you generously. And so there's this thought that we have that you have to break out of that man determines your provision. I hear people all the time, man, my boss, I'm just working for the man. Right or my, my my principles holding me down or or this coach is is holding me back or on and on and on and I want to say when you step out as the people of God man no longer determines your provision. The truth is this: God's heart is to graciously provide for you. Do you believe that? Do you believe that today that you have a good Father who graciously provides for you? Listen to this verse. It says. When Pharaoh let the people go, 
God did not lead them on the road through the Philistine country, though that was shorter. For God said if they face war, we're now moving, and this is where we're going to be. We're going to be in, in Exodus 13 through 16, just doing a little summary of these verses of supernatural provision. If they face war, they might, not, they might change their minds and return to Egypt. So God led the people around by the desert road toward the Red Sea. First of all, you got to see that God opposed the strongest man in the world. You take whoever you think is the most powerful man in the world, multiply that power times 10, and that's what Pharaoh was in this day. And in a moment, God changes everything and releases the people of God. But then he has a very unique way of leading them. It was very gentle. It was very generous. It said he didn't take them the shorter way because he knew that they would be fearful of all these armies. So he leads them in this circuitous path. And this brings me to my second point is this. The truth is that God will give specific instructions for you to receive his provision. I want to talk to you about some principles today for receiving supernatural provision. we got to overcome some lies and then we've got to walk in some truths. And the truth is God is going to actually give you very clear, specific instruction. Exodus 14, 1 through 3. Then the Lord said to Moses, tell the Israelites to turn back and encamp near Pi Haharoth, between Migdal and the sea. They are to encamp by the sea directly opposite Baal, Saphon. Pharaoh will think the Israelites are wandering around the land in confusion, hemmed in by the desert. God is strategic. God is strategic, and God is a God who speaks. And God wants to give you specific instructions for finances, specific instructions. And when you follow them, he has a strategic plan. So this doesn't make any sense. It does not make rational sense to go and encamp with the sea to your back because then you can get hemmed in by the enemy. But God was working a plan, and he was confusing the enemy. Man, I can't tell you how many times in our supernatural financial lifestyle, God has given us unique instructions. I remember when God spoke to me and Steph to, to build a house debt-free. He spoke to us, buy this piece of land and then build a house debt-free. We tried to buy the piece of land. The owner said it was not for sale. Okay, Just because God speaks it doesn't mean that it, it's going to make sense. Then he says, build a house debt-free. And then the next thing he tells us is, give all your money away. Okay, that, uh, that's not going to work. Lord, I don't know if you, if you heard what you just said, but that doesn't make sense. I was talking this week to um, Pete Contreras. He leads New Vision Church. And he said that his, his wife had this word for him. He said they launched out to plant a new church, and his wife had this word that they would inherit the land. She goes, we're, I believe we're going to get a free inheritance of a, of a church building. Okay? Uh, within a year, someone approaches them and says, we'd like to give you a free church building. So he's like, wow, that is crazy. Uh, they have this church building, but they, they don't have enough parking spaces. They don't have enough space. And then a developer approaches them and says, we'd like to give you $15 million for this church building. And he goes, well, let me pray about it. <laughs> Feels like, no, not yet. Uh, the next developer comes and says, we'll give you $24 million for this church building. He prays about it. No, not yet. Uh, then a, a person comes and says, we'll give you $34 million. 
And so he's like, God, I don't know what to do. I don't, I don't have enough wisdom. And so he goes and prays and fasts. Uh, and he, he says, no, I go back to the guy and said, give me your best offer. He goes, $35 million, and I'll let you rent it for $100 a month for the next two years. He says, I'll take it. Um, he sells the building for $35 million and buys three new church buildings to, to go multi-site with the church and still has a lot of money in the bank. He goes, people are calling me from around the nation asking me to teach me uh, their church building strategy. And he goes, I tell him, yeah, I'll, I'll teach you. It's called prayer and fasting. He goes, I don't have the wisdom. I'm, I'm, I'm uneducated in this, but God had a strategy. God had a strategy. God has a strategy for you. He had a strategy for me and Steph to build a house debt-free, and he did it by God's grace. The truth is, here's, what, here's, the, here's another truth I want to speak to you. God will protect you. The truth is, God, God when, when the blood of Jesus is over you, God is going to protect your finances. Listen to this. He says this, I will harden Pharaoh's heart and he will pursue them, but I will gain glory for myself. Have you ever thought about God gaining glory for himself through your finances? Can I just say that again? Have you ever thought that God wants to get glory for himself through your finances? That's why I pray for God to pour out on you, because he wants to get glory. But you gotta do it his way, not your way. Pharaoh and all his army and the Egyptians will know that I am the Lord. So the Israelites did this. When the king of Egypt was told that the people had fled, Pharaoh and his officials changed their minds about them and said, what have we done? We've let the Israelites go and have lost their services. So he had his chariots made ready and took his army with them. He took 600 of the best chariots along with all the other chariots of Egypt with officers over all of them. The Lord hardened the heart of Pharaoh, king of Egypt, so that he pursued the Israelites who were marching out boldly. The Egyptians, all Pharaoh's horses, and they camped by the near uh, Pi Haroith, opposite Baal, Sevan. As Pharaoh approached, the Israelites looked up, and there were the Egyptians marching after them. They were terrified and cried out to the Lord. Sometimes following the Lord is terrifying. just want to give you grace to be terrified, because sometimes it's terrifying. But you got to read the end of the story. They were terrified, cried out to the Lord. They said to Moses, what was it because there were no graves in Egypt that you brought us out to the desert to die? What have you done to us by bringing us up out of Egypt? Didn't we say to you in Egypt, leave us alone, let us serve the Egyptians? It would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than to die in the desert. I want to tell you, there's always a choice when we're talking about moving into the supernatural provision where we want to go back to Egypt. Because at least we knew what we were going to get. Because things made sense there, right? It would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than to die in the desert. Moses answered the people, do not be afraid. Stand firm and you will see the deliverance the Lord will bring you today. The Egyptians you see today, you will never see again. The Lord will fight for you. You need only be still. Here's the thing. If you will exchange your natural ways of doing finances for supernatural ways, then you don't have to fight for yourself anymore. I can't tell you how many people of God, I know that they came to this one moment in their life where they were saying, God, I'm trusting you, I'm putting my faith in you, and God spoke to them. This is a very common theme in the lives of people of God. He's done this to me and stuff before. There was a, a, a day, and I hear this often, where God says, you're not gonna have to worry about finances anymore. 
You've so trusted the Lord, you've so decided to walk with him that he gives you that, that promise. I, I can't tell you how many people have told me that they've had that experience. Have you had that experience yet? Where he says, I will fight for you. I will fight for you. So Steph and I go to, to build this house debt-free. We are pursuing this piece of land. We've given away our last $2,000. So our bank account is empty. God speaks, give away your last $2,000. We'd already given a big portion of our money to, to build a church in Texas. Now give away your last $2,000. We go to a builder and say, we want to build a house. And he goes, awesome. And he said, well, we want to build it debt-free. He goes, great, let's do it. I said, I, I mean, what I'm saying is we're only going to build what we have money for. He goes, great. I'm like, I'm not sure you're hearing me. Like, we're not going to take out a loan. He goes, that's great. And I, and I said, so here's the problem. We don't have any money. He goes, okay. I'm like, no, I, I don't think you understand. I'm like, we don't have any money. He goes, no, that's okay. He's like, my dad's a big guy. I'm like, wow, okay, this is a different builder. Um, we give away $2,000 that morning. We don't tell a soul. We haven't told a soul what we're doing. The builder comes to us that night. We're at a wedding. He goes, you need to sit down. We sit down. He goes, um, you just had a big gift come in. And, and he goes, you ready for this? You were just given an anonymous $20,000 gift. We gave $2,000 away in the morning. We got $20,000 back at night. Uh, God is a God of miracles. No one in the world knew that we had done that. And yet he was showing us you can't outgive God. Now, here was the problem. So we go to buy this piece of land. And the problem is this owner says, no, I don't want to. I don't want to sell it to you. Actually, it's so funny. His last name was Pharaoh. Not Pharaoh, Pharaoh. Okay? So I, would, I was always like, Pharaoh, let my land go. I'd pray that every morning. God showed us this piece of land. Okay? I call him. He says, no, I don't want to sell it to you. Okay, so what do you do? What do you do when God says, this is your piece of land? Well, you keep asking. We asked for a month. We asked for two months. We asked for three months, four months. I finally wanted to give up. But God just kept showing us, no, this is it. Five months, six months, seven months, eight months, nine months. Calling every month. And this guy, this guy is finally just totally being a jerk to me. Totally being a jerk. Ten months. On the 11th month, I've been praying every day, God, get his heart. God, get his heart. God, get Pharaoh's heart. Get Pharaoh's heart, Lord. Um, 11th month, he answers the phone. He goes, Robert! Like, you know my name? Okay, he goes, Robert, I've had a change of heart. Had a change of heart. He goes, in fact, I had quadruple bypass surgery. I almost died. I was like, God, I didn't mean that way. Get his heart. <laughs> he said, I want to meet with you. Steph and I go to meet with he and his wife, Joe Farrell and his wife. And, and he goes, I was, I was a, a jerk, wasn't I? Looks at his wife. She's like. And she's like, God totally changed him. He had quadruple bypass surgery. He goes, I want to sell you this piece of land. He, he, had, he had been saying he was going to sell it to us. If he ever sold it, it was going to be a ridiculous price. He drops the price to exactly the amount that we were given. Okay, and we're able to, to buy this piece of land. I want to tell you, God's going to protect you. No man can stand in your way of your finances. He is sovereign over all the pharaohs in your life, and he can change them. This guy got changed. He actually started seeking the Lord. 
He changed from, from opposing us to actually following God. I want to tell you, this is who God is and what he does. It says this, then Moses stretched out his hand. This is Exodus 14, 11. Then Moses stretched out his hand over the sea, and all that night the Lord drove the sea back with the strongest east wind and turned it to dry land. The waters were divided, and the Israelites went through the sea on dry ground with a wall of water on the right and the left. Why is this story so powerful? Because it tells you you don't play by the world's rules. You can walk through a sea on dry ground. You can walk through a recession and be blessed. You can have a bad job and a horrible boss and be promoted. What I'm not preaching is a health and wealth prosperity gospel. What I am preaching is a supernatural God who loves to protect and bless his children because it brings him glory. And he loves for you to have what you need so that you can help others. And he loves to take care of his children. Look at this. The Egyptians pursued them and all the Pharaoh's horses and chariots and horsemen followed them into the sea. During the last watch in the night, the Lord looked down from the pillar of fire and clouded the Egyptian army and threw them into confusion. You start being oppressed, you start being opposed by people, just pray that the Lord would confuse the enemy's camp. I cannot tell you how many times I've seen this. Over and over and over again. The Bible says, vengeance is mine, says the Lord. Okay, you don't turn and strike people. You don't form a coup and get them out. You don't start speaking bad about people. Make room for the Lord's wrath, is what scripture says. We bless people. We turn the other cheek. We, are, we pray for our enemies, and we let God defend us, and that's what he does. Then the Lord said to Moses, stretch out your hand over the sea so that the waters may flow over the Egyptians and their chariots and horsemen. Moses stretched out his hand over the sea, and at daybreak the sea went back to its place. The Egyptians were fleeing toward it, and the Lord swept them into the sea. not that amazing? The entire army of Pharaoh that had followed the Israelites into the sea, not one of them survived. I, I, I love this. Have you ever noticed this other miracle? We always think about the sea miracle. But I love this one in, in verses 23 and 25. It says, he jammed the wheels of their chariots so they had difficulty driving. Like because the ocean was such a big miracle that we forget that is the coolest little miracle that I was focusing on. Like the Lord jamming the wheels. Right? Your boss is messing with you, and all of a sudden he's like, man, I woke up and my wheel was jammed. How cool is that? The Lord blocks, the Lord will block your enemies. The Lord can shelter you from any evil person. Man, listen to me again. Man does not determine your provision. It is the Lord, and the Lord can stop any evil person. Person. Number, lie number two is this, the world's fallenness will block my provision. I, I have heard so many people, oh, it's a recession I can't be provided for. Oh, California, it's impossible. Oh, my goodness, San Diego's the most expensive city. Oh, my, my, you know, my workplace, it's so bad. No, the Bible is full of stories displaying this fact that the world's fallenness will not block my provision. Watch how many times there's droughts. 
Watch how many times there's famines. Watch how many times there's war. And what happens is God meets the needs of his people. He's a supernatural God. We actually should get excited when times get bad because it's an opportunity for God to display his glory. Right, and so everyone starts calling Pete Contreras, please teach me this divine strategy of buildings. And he's like, yes, it is called prayer and fasting. That is the divine strategy. It's called trusting the Lord. Then Moses led Israel. I, um, I, I just get so tired of Christians being like, you know, we, the, the banks aren't loaning money, so we can't have a thriving business. I'm like, no, there's a God strategy. God wants to do something. Because if it's just not the bank, then the bank gets the glory. But if God does something, he's going to get the glory. Like, do you realize your finances are an opportunity for God to get glory? So we gave our money away. We have a horrible man opposing us. Then what happens is God gets his heart. He turns around and becomes a God follower. And at the end of the season, we end up having a house debt-free. Like, that we didn't pay for. We didn't go ask anybody for money. And then we end up owning it. And then what happens when we're about to move here, God speaks to us and says, now give it away. Give the money away, which I was like, oh, 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 oh painful, painful. Because God, I don't know if you know this, but houses in San Diego are a lot of money. But we were able to give that away and provide eight homes for orphans in Uganda. Okay, and what happens? All of those kids have given their lives to Jesus. So who gets the glory? God gets the glory. It was his money first. Now there's all the, that's what God wants to do, crazy things. And you're like, oh, poor Robert, he gave his house away. I have a much nicer house now. He's not, he doesn't leave you out in the cold. Right, God takes care. I, you know, I, I'm not going like uh, to my son Hudson. Hudson, come here. Right, come here. Give me your money, son. <laughs> you know, punked, you're punked, you're left outside tonight. No. Right? I, I, I want to bless my kid. I want to take care of my kid. I want him to be blessed. I want him to have a nice, nice clothes. Why? So I can wear it. <laughs> this is. Um, I didn't buy it either. Uh, then Moses led Israel. From the, I love this. Okay, so the world's fallenness will not block my provision. Then Moses led Israel from the Red Sea, and they went into the desert of Shur. So they've, they've now been released. They've, they've come out. They've gone through the Red Sea. So they're, they're released. But watch this. For three days they traveled in the desert without finding water. Scary. When they came to Marah, they could not drink its water because it was bitter. That is why the place is called Marah. So the people grumbled against Moses, saying, what are we to drink? Then Moses cried out to the Lord, and the Lord showed him a piece of wood. He threw it into the water, and the water became fit to drink. There the Lord issued a ruling and instruction for them and put them to the test. He said, if you listen carefully to the Lord your God and do what's right in his eyes, if you pay attention to his commands and keep all his decrees, I will not bring on you any disease I brought on the Egyptians, for I am the Lord who heals you. Yes, the world is under a curse. Right? We know that. Genesis chapter 3. When man sins, when Adam and Eve sin, they abdicate their place of authority, hand it over to the enemy. And the Bible says in Romans 8 that all the world is groaning. It's, a, it's under 
a curse. So yes, we know that. So oftentimes us believers, we're like, I live in this cursed world, right? It's just going to be the sweat of my brow and, and the thorns, and it's just going to be hard. No, what was God showing? He was showing, first of all, no man determines my provision. Then he says, no curse. For those who are under the blood of the lamb, water, you come to water that's cursed and bitter, you follow me, throw the wood into it, boom, it's pure. You don't play by the world's curse system. You're like, oh, the government, it's so messed up. True. Okay, I know that took a profit to say right there. Um, but you don't play by the world's system. You don't have to. God overcomes the curse, and so he takes bitter water and makes it clean for his people. I'm not saying for everyone. I'm saying for those who are under the blood of the Lamb. This is, this is only for those who have given Jesus Christ their heart, that he is their Lord and Savior. You're under the blood of the Lamb, then you're free from the curse of the world's fallenness. You're not playing by that system. And so all of a sudden, bitter water becomes cleansed, okay? How? It, it's, we, we obey, the truth is, that as we obey the Lord, he transforms bitter circumstances. So I love the, the single mom comes into our church with two kids, and she was consistently needing help, and that is okay. We love to, to help people. So we were having to help her. We were helping her get on her feet. But as we weren't just getting, we, we're not okay with someone just being helped forever. What we want to do is give them tools to break out of captivity. So she learns to start tithing, giving one-tenth of her income. How could you do that to a poor single mom? Well, it's not me. The, 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 it's the commands of the Lord for biblical prosperity. So she starts doing this. Okay, L listen to the Malachi 3 says this. It says, bring the whole tithe into the storehouse that there might be food in my house, test me in this and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will not be room enough to store it. I will prevent pests from devouring your crops and the vines in the fields will not drop their fruit before it ripes. God's saying, you want your finances protected? Then just honor my simple principles. It's all mine anyway, but all I'm asking is you get that 10% back, that first 10% to honor me. So this, this mother who's grown up in the inner city, she is single. She has two kids. She's like, I'm going to try. I, I need the, the, the challenges and the curse broken. She starts tithing, okay? She ends up writing us a letter saying, thank you for transforming my life. I went from an hourly job and not having enough to having a salary that's twice as much, now buying my own place and having a job where my family is being taken care of. That is just what happens when you put God first in your finances. I, I dare you to find a person who's made their life practice tithing and giving and see if they regret it. I dare you. Double dog. <laughs> dare you right now. But why? Because when you, we put into God's principles, he starts blessing us. Um, Kendall put up this great this great thing, I, we love to get practicals, put up the generosity journey. I just wanna encourage you, okay, just try this. Just try honoring God. So we put, if you haven't ever given, give your first gifts. If you've given your first gifts, become a recurring giver. If, you haven't, if you've done that, become, test the tithes, see if this happens. And then what we're believing for 
is everyone walking in this supernatural provision to where you, every person in this room, is looking for people that they can bless, right? Every person, it's not just that you, oh, I'm just barely making it. No, you're able to take people. You're, what if you were the person who was going out to dinner and you're like, hey, I wanted to buy that person's meal? For that. Who doesn't want to do that? You're, you're the one saying, oh, I heard about a missionary come back. I'd love to just get them a car, okay? Oh, I, I just heard someone didn't have enough rent. I'd love to take care of that rent check. Oh, yeah, I would love to, to send more money to Africa and the Middle East. And I'm, I'm just, I mean, who doesn't want to live a generous lifestyle? That is my dream for every person in here. But you got to go on the obedience journey. You got to start. So start with that small step. Never given, give, <laughs> right? Th- this is the way of the Lord. I, I, we, um, Steph and I got to be hosted by this family who called us and said, hey, it's on our heart to host you. And so we start hearing about their story as we're staying with them. And they said, we had tried to go it our own way. And so by doing that, we got in a ton of debt, like a lot of debt, they told us, as, as they were just trying to make things happen financially. Then they said, we got in one of your life groups and we started really trying to live out like daily spending time with Jesus, hearing the Lord, tithing, even when we're, they were in debt. And they said what happened over a course of several years is they actually went to owning their own business, now owning three of their businesses, and they're using those finances to give to people, to provide for people, to send it to the nations. And here they are and, and being walking in such blessing that they're able to bless others. And they said, so we're, we're actually, they're actually looking for people. What if, what if you were that blessed that you actually started looking for people to give to but, but don't wait until you're a millionaire or a billionaire. You start now and watch those laws of the kingdom, the supernatural laws of the kingdom start getting in action. Lie number three, we're about to be finished. Lie number three, the laws of nature determine my provision, the natural way the world works. Listen to this. The whole time, uh, Steph, can you hand me that basket? The whole Israelite community set out from Elam and came to the desert of Sin, which is between Elam and Sinai, on the fifth day of the second month after they come out of Egypt in the desert, the whole community grumbled against Moses. So they've already gone through a Red Sea. They've already seen bitter water turn pure. Then the Israelites said to him, if only we had died by the Lord's hand in Egypt. There we sat around pots of meat and ate all the food we wanted, but you brought us out into the desert to starve this entire assembly to death. Then the Lord said, to Moses, I will rain down bread from heaven. Uh, we think, okay, finances, I put in some, I get back. And yes, there are laws of the kingdom, okay? But God, when he wants to, he can provide food to fall out of the sky. Like, do you believe that? You say, no, that, that only happened in the Old Testament. No, I, I have a friend, I went and preached in his church in Phuket, Thailand. Okay. Um, and the, the tsunami hits, and he, he goes, and he's, he's taking food and, and meeting people's needs, and he starts sharing with this group of Thai people. Okay, so they are not Christians. They are a different religion. And he starts talking about how God provides, and they start reading the Bible. 
And he comes to them one day, and they're praying. And he goes, what are you praying for? And he goes, we are praying for God to just provide, just to drop wood for our boats because we lost all our boats. And he's like, oh, well, that, it doesn't actually work that way. And he felt like God convict him. Say, like, these, these sweet people, these, these humble fishermen are just praying for this. Why would you stop them? They come running to him the next week. They're running. Their eyes are huge. They said, we began to hear a loud rainstorm at night. We ran outside, and wood planks were falling from the sky. They rebuilt their boats, and now, now all these villages come and study their boats because their boats are the only ones that don't leak. Why? Because wood fell from heaven. God can provide quail. To just start falling from heaven. He can provide bread to start falling from heaven. Okay, he is a supernatural God. But as long as we keep limiting him, as long as we live in fear, we are crippled. We are slaves of the enemy. He wants you to know that he can provide for you. The truth is God can provide any way he chooses. Any way he chooses. This is how I want to end. This is not for everyone. Okay, this is like the only time in church you're going to hear this phrase. This is not for everyone. Okay, this is only for people who have given Jesus Christ the lordship of their lives, who the blood of the lamb is over. Would you stand up with me?